Hey guys, I wanted to take a moment to tell you about a unique organization near and dear to my heart called Operation Healing Forces, or OHF for short. The official mission statement of OHF is to serve the needs of our active duty and recent veteran wounded and injured special operations forces and their families by starting or continuing the process of mentally, physically, and emotionally healing in preparation to return to the fight or transition successfully into civilian life. They do this by facilitating life-changing retreats, peer-to-peer counseling, and recreational therapies designed to help with reintegration, rehabilitation, and resiliency for soft warriors. These retreats have been described as the trip of a lifetime and with very good reason. Go to www.operationhealingforces.org or email them at info at ophf.org to learn more about this amazing organization and the life-changing things they are doing for our Special Operations Forces veterans and their families. Gaboon. Gaboon. Can you hear it? Gaboon. Gaboon. Welcome to Moody Prods. Hey, hey. Hey. Was that good? Was that good? Was it was it oh, acceptable enough for I, us today? It was better than any sort of intro I've ever done. That's not true. Welcome to Moody Prods. I am a robot. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. Actually, you know what? No, I'm not sorry. I we love are robots. a robot voice. We have killed Rachel and Rachel, and now we are running <laughs> this podcast. We are robots. Assimilate. Is that right? Assimilate? Assimilate. Yeah, dude. I get really uncomfortable when I see certain things becoming run by robots. Like I was in the Walmart. This was several months ago. But they had one of those cleaning robots. Um, It's one of those things that a person can sit on and drive, you know, to wash the floor. Mm -hmm. But I guess now they have a robot option or like a self-propelled option. And... That thing, it just be cruising. And then if it senses that something's in its way, it's like a beep, beep. And it turns a little bit to the right. And it you can watch the wheel turning like there's a ghost on it. But there's no ghost. It's just a robot. And that's, uh, that's the end. That's the beginning of the end. We're all going to be killed by robots. Um, there's actually, uh, I'm sure that you have... Um have read about it but there's there's a word there's a a saying for that it's called like the robot valley or something or the 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 terror valley hold on let me terror valley hold on you talk about how your mom asked you to humanely euthanize a chicken i'm gonna look this up okay yeah yeah yeah. so let me just set the stage yesterday i was like i'm going to town and when i say i'm going to town it sounds like i'm a pilgrim going 50 miles into the closest town for some wheat but that's kind of what it's like because I live 30 minutes from everything. So I'm going to town. I got a plan. I got a game plan. My mom calls me. And I'm like, what's up, mom? And we're just talking and talking. We get off the phone. And I'm like, that was a nice talk with my mom. She calls me back right as I get into a store. And I'm like, are you okay? We just talked. She was like, Rachel, one of the neighbor's dogs got Felicia. And I was like, oh, no. Felicia was one of the first chickens my mom got when she started keeping oh, chickens. No. I know she is a mean old bitch, uh, but <laughs> yeah, she was like always like she had a perma scowl, which a lot of chickens have, but like with hers, it felt sincere. So Felicia got attacked by a dog, and my mom was like, "Yo, it don't look very good." And I'm like, "Eh, they can recover from a lot more than you think." She's like, "Nah, like it's her back is torn up. You can Aww. see her flesh." 
and she's like bleeding from her mouth the neighbor is like super super remorseful feels terrible about it my mom's like hey it happens because my mom's a very understanding good person and the neighbor Mm -hmm. really did feel bad anyway I say all this to say that I'm on FaceTime or I'm, 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 I'm on regular phone with my mom at this point and she's like look I've never had to cull one of my chickens, which is the term that people use when they euthanize their chickens because they're Oh, my God. Dying. I thought it was something. I thought culling meant, like, I don't know, clipping their wings so they can't fly or some no. shit like that. You are. You're clipping their, their, metaf- their, their like, <laughs> metaphorical life wings so that they just die. <laughs> Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm not laughing. <laughs> no, no. Okay. This story. Okay, go look, on. You can mourn the chicken and still find this story very entertaining because there's nothing funnier than like you're 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 looking at boots. All right. You're in a store. I'm in the boot section. I was looking at me some boots. And my mom's like, well, how do I do it? Like, how do I break her neck quickly? I've never done it before. I'm really yeah. uncomfortable. Uh, and I'm like, oh, well. I'm trying to describe I'm like well there you know there's one way where you can like grab their neck and swing and it'll Mm -hmm. it'll snap and at this point I I look up and there's a lady looking at me and I see it in her eyes she's scared and confused she's wondering what's going on and I look at her and I and I'm like oh okay wait no okay hold on and I'm trying to be quiet. I'm like talking under my breath. I'm like, mom's like, mom's like, let me FaceTime you, Rachel. I can't understand what you're describing. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So we're FaceTiming and I'm very quietly like showing her like the hand motion of like grabbing the neck. And, so, and at this point, there's three people watching me. And I look up and I, and I look at them and they have terror in their eyes and confusion. And I go, it's a, ch- it's a chicken. It's my mom's chicken. It needs to die. And she, uh, they were all like, oh, okay all right i wish that what you would have done was just make eye contact with them and then swing your hand like you were calling the chicken so your mom could see but also so they could see like i think it's a total power move and you really missed an opportunity there yeah 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 yeah. i i wasn't aggressive enough with it yeah i was kind of like like you're not going to get your purse stolen now because they don't know what you're talking about because I'll, I'll break someone's neck exactly yeah i was like you could also use a really big knife and decapitate her and that's that's when i felt at that point that's when i felt like i needed to um clear up clear the air yeah that it was uh, that it was a chicken i was talking about i was like it's sick it's sick and on my mom's like distraught because like she really loves her chickens and yep. these ladies are looking at me and they're just their terror turns to like they're laughing at me and I start laughing too and so I'm like mom I'm really sorry that this is happening to you (laughs) so after I get off the phone this lady um who overheard the whole thing she saw me in a different part of the store and she's like I'm sorry for laughing I really am I'm sure it's very sad she's like this is exactly why I haven't gotten chickens I I could never break something's neck and I'm like yeah, yeah, no, it, it fucking sucks. I'm like, you're better you're better off just cutting off their head. And anyway, it was it you had to be there. I feel like you had to be there. It was kind of funny. Yeah. Uh I have a kind of sad story about something dying, but also it's kind of funny, but also not funny. Do we wanna talk about it? Uh I don't know what it is, but it's up to you. 
has to deal with the vermin problem I've been having. Oh my god, if you don't tell this story, you so, have to tell this story. <laughs> Man, oh, fuck. Okay, so I was out on Friday night on the back patio treating myself to an adult treat and the dogs were freaking the fuck out. Like freaking out. They had crawled up under the um the cover of the smoker and they were scratching at it and I'm like oh fuck right because you've had problems with yeah creatures yeah yeah so last year I don't know if we talked about this before last year the humane society was trapping all the feral cats in the canyon and taking them and getting them fixed to be adopted out right um natural pest control yeah, okay. the circle okay. of life is what that's the called. The circle of fucking life. Um, so anyways, uh, if you haven't listened to previous episodes, we're having a little bit of a rat problem. I really need to call housing because I'm fucking over it by now. Like, I am fucking over this. So anyways, <clears throat> the dogs are freaking the fuck out. I open the door. I'm like, Zach, I think there's a rat in the smoker. And I couldn't figure out how they were getting in there. Like, I, I had no idea. So we open, we take the cover off, and the dogs are like, fuck yeah, it's time. We're doing this. We're doing this. We're going to fucking go on a hunt. We're going to catch them up, fucking rats. This is what they were um, made for. Yeah, exactly. They're like, I'm going to do this. And so Zach's like, can you help me? I was like, help you do what? I don't, I don't want to fucking. So meanwhile, like he's out there trying to decide our next course of action. And I come inside, and I'm just looking through the door, and he's like, stop being a baby and get out here. And I'm like, oh, man, okay, all right. So um, I, go, I go out. He lifts the, he lifts the, uh, you know, the, 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 whatever, it, the lid, whatever it's called, the hatch. I don't fucking know. Anyway, so he lifts it. What even it. are grills? I know. So he lifts it and there is a fucking rat between like the bottom like grease trap area and the grill grate. So he shuts it real quick and I'm like, what the fuck do we do? And he's like, I don't fucking know. So he's like, hey, help me. I'm going to take the grill grate out. And I was like, all right, fine. So I go and grab um, the... I. I grab something to stand on because I don't want it flying out at me like it flew out at him. So I stand, I grab something to stand on and I have his flashlight and he's trying to take the grill grate out and it's not, it's not coming out and it's not in an area that it's accessible. So Zach and I were like, all right, well, let's smoke it out. That way it can come out and you know, it'll self-preservation. It doesn't want to die. So it's going to come out except it didn't come out. Um, right. We felt really terrible like we didn't let it get up to you know just hot enough to where all right maybe I should get the fuck out of here right um yeah no it did not I guess it didn't want to be attacked by dogs so it opted Wait. to stay in the smoker and get barbecued were the dogs outside yeah was that my problem should I put them inside yeah but uh um it probably died pretty quickly, right? Because you're just smoking it out. Like, it probably just died of, like, inhaling things, right? I, I think because we didn't let it get – we didn't let it get hot, like, hot enough in there to do anything. But then we felt really terrible. And then I'm like, oh, my God. We just fucking barbecued a rat. 
And then I asked Zach, I was like, so how are you going to get this thing out? Like, I didn't even offer my service. No, no, that's, that's, like, that's his job. I was like, uh, yo, you want some, you want some tongs or some gloves? And Zach was like, I'm here to help. I'm here to get you things so that you can do yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, and Zach was like, uh, I guess tongs, we could wash them. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to get you some gloves. <laughs> so <laughs> I ran in the house. I got him some gloves. And then, you know, I watched. I was like, what are you doing with that? And he's like, I'm getting rid of it. We can't have it in our backyard. <laughs> and I was like, well, where are we going to put it? I was like, are we going to throw it in the trash can? And then all of a sudden, Zach comes back and he's empty handed. And I was like, yo, what'd you do with that fucking rat carcass? And he's like, just threw it over the back fence. Isn't that where they're the coming park. from? Yeah. So it was kind of like a, a sign of. You know, um, to anyone who dares come back in your yard. Yeah. Like, hey, listen, we're here to fuck shit up. Yeah. You come in this um, yard, you get barbecued. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it turns out it's coming in. So, like, I don't know how other smokers are because this is, like, the only one that we've ever had. But it has, like, a little um, bucket, a little opening at the end where the grease comes down. Like, it's like a um, an decline. Right? Yeah. Declines mm-hmm. when it goes down. There's a decline and then there's a bucket that grabs the grease. Well, I guess they've been going in through that little area where the um stupid the rats. I know, but it's getting to the point where I'm gonna call housing. I've I've been trying to purposely avoid it because I don't want anybody's dogs, including mine, getting a hold of any rat poison or an animal getting because that's what they're gonna use, right? I don't understand why they got rid of the feral cats. Like, all you're supposed to do is just, like, tag them, right? Like, you do the you clip their ears so everyone knows they're feral and that they're they're neutered. And then you set them free. That's how feral cat colonies are generally dealt with, right? Why get rid of them? The, the, you've how, thrown off the is ecosystem. This, do you – is this something that you legitimately know? Or is this one of your cases where you're a doctor and you can, are prescribing medical? No, I actually know this. Feral cat colonies, oh. like, right? Because you generally can't adopt them out because they're feral and they don't yeah. necessarily – like, they're not going to take well to humans. A- and because feral cats provide a pretty good ecosystem, right? They yes, kill they do. They vermin. Um, they're in San Antonio, actually. Do you remember where the uh, uh, Japanese garden is Where by the mm-hmm. zoo? Did you ever go there? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a part where you can walk and you kind of like you're technically you've left like the part that's the gardens and you're just on this trail. And there's like mm-hmm. feral cat. There's a feral cat colony back there. And so really? like. Yeah. They feed them and they have like certain like little shelters for them for like really bad weather. But generally speaking, you clip. <clears throat> they do something with their ear that shows that they've been neutered. And that way there's not more feral <clears throat> cats. Right. Yeah. So they can just live their feral cat life. Um, so it sounds like if they had just done that, you wouldn't have a rat problem and you wouldn't have uh, to We put haven't, out- we haven't been having any problems up until this year. Yeah, but like, this, this was, this is a problem. You barbecued a rat, bro. Uh, yeah. And I feel really guilty about that. Um, uh, I mean, it happens. You were trying to smoke to, it out. I, yeah, I didn't expect it to stay in there. I've watched all these like movies and read about like medieval torture tactics. And that's one of the tactics they used to use. They used to have like a, a um, you know, a bucket full of rats. And they would, if they were torturing someone, this is super like not. Wait, okay. how does that relate to you barbecuing a rat though? I'm getting to Wait, that. are you going to keep the rats and use them no, later? No, no. So they put them in a bucket and then they, will you just stop and listen to me? 
I know what you're talking about, actually. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yes. So they put the bucket of rats on a person and then they would put flames towards the top of the bucket. So then it would try to burrow out because it's, you know, in. So that was my thought process. I was like, this rat's going to come out because, you know, self-preservation reasons or whatnot. Um, but yeah, uh, it did not. It chose to die of smoke inhalation versus getting decapitated by one of my dogs. I don't know. Uh, I'm just really glad that the grill gets up to like 500 degrees and just torches anything that's in there um, because that's super gross. And it kind of grosses. It, I mean, it does gross me out. But what the fuck can you do? It's a thousand dollar machine. I'm not throwing that out just because a fucking rat got barbecued in there. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I mean, te- like, honestly, if we're going to get really, like, philosophical here, meat, meat-sophical, if you will, like, uh, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't eat rats. But, like, if I, I needed don't either. to eat Some a rat. Some people do. I would eat a rat if I needed to. It's just, like, guinea pigs. Like, we have pet guinea pigs, and, like, they're our little homies. But, like, if I was a farmer in Peru and I could feed my family with a herd of guinea pigs and sell the guinea pigs for Or, food like, Cornish game hens, right? Yeah. Right? Like, rats are the Cornish game hens of... Of the vermin world. Yes. So, God. it's like possum. Like, I found a cookbook uh, that belonged to my great-grandmother. Um, and there was a possum recipe in there. I mean, nobody's eating possum now because we have all these other options. But anyway, my point is, what did you do with the rat afterwards? Oh, yeah. He threw what? it over the fence. I told you. We threw it over the fence. Then I checked the next day and it was gone. See? You fed something a, a smoked rat. Yeah, that is the circle. Basically, of life. I'm a chef. For yes, a wild animal. Wild animal chef. You're a purveyor of food for wild animals, and uh, I love that. Thank you for putting such a positive spin on it. That makes me feel a lot better. Oh, it's what I do. It's what I, I know. do. Uh, so do you want to talk about Thanksgiving now or next week before Thanksgiving? I mean, I feel like the week before, <sighs> excitement's high. We're mentally preparing for Thanksgiving are you prepared mentally for Thanksgiving I am going to New Mexico for uh, like five days um okay. I looked at the weather it's it will snow while we're there so I'm kind of excited about that the kids are don't know but that's an exciting thing that's gonna happen and uh yeah we're just I need, I need a break. I need a break. The kids broke my mom this week. They're being really like naughty, naughty. Uh, you know what the so. problem is? Is that your kids hit that age where like they need some sort of like preschool program, right when the world decided to shut down and you can't leave your house. So like the the thing that they need right now is like time away from you with some other kids, and it's what you need right now, and you can't fucking do it. Because the nope. world imploded. Uh, I'm jealous that you're going to see some snow. I can't remember the last time I saw snow. I there's a 40% chance, but. Hey, that's more than a 0% chance, Em, all right? That's, that's right. Yeah. But it's my opinion that Thanksgiving is the superior holiday. And I have my reasons for it. Uh, um, I'm listening. I okay. want to know why you're wrong. Oh, no, no, no. I know how you feel about Christmas. And don't get me wrong. Christmas and Halloween are more magical than Thanksgiving, right? Like Christmas. I, I think that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. They're more magical. But here's Thanksgiving is so. OK, it's not pure in origin, right? Like we're not going to get into like that. Uh, yeah. If you like anticipation, 
And I'm an anticipation girl. Sometimes anticipating the thing is better than the thing, right? So I'm one of those people That's that loves Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I love the week before Christmas more than I like Christmas Day, right? That's yep. right. We're like that. So Thanksgiving is like it's like the eve of Christmas season, right? So okay, Thanksgiving also is a pretty chill holiday in that you don't have to decorate for it if you don't want to like you can it's still festive even in just your regular old house with your turkey you don't have to wear a costume even though that's fun but you did that at Halloween you don't have to buy a fuck ton of presents right it's all about three of my favorite things all right food bears beats Battlestar Galactica yes okay so for uh, I'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> no, I it's like a day that's all about eating, mm-hmm. spending time with your homies, and taking right. a nap. Like, there are no better days. And then the next day, if you're like, you know, you can shop. There's so mm-hmm. many fucking sales. And then if you're a normal person with some physical and emotional restraint, you put up your Christmas tree the day after that. You would, you haven't already put it up like a psychopath. Okay. It got I personal. understand yep. where you're coming from. Also, you're wrong. <laughs> I respect you, but, but I, you're wrong. I respect that you believe in your incorrect opinion. That's very insincere. Uh, it's like, that's like, I'm sorry that you feel that way, but I still don't regret smacking the shit out of you. Like, it's like that. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> it was virtual. virtual. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't know. Like Thanksgiving just like Thanksgiving's about the food. I think that maybe it's a little different for me because now like, we used to have really big Thanksgiving things growing up and then obviously, you know, everybody moved away and so it's not the same anymore. I like being around friends and family, but it's just um I don't know, like I haven't forgotten about it. It's there. I just I like that that um that calendar that has November first oh, yep. through the twenty fifth of December, and that's Christmas season. And then uh, Thanksgiving is just carved out those three days. Also, what do you think Black Friday shopping is going to be like this year? Uh, probably less in store. Right, they're going to have to limit it, which means that the online deals are probably going to be crazy hopefully i'd be down with that like and i i love i don't i've only gone like traditional black friday shopping a a few times and they've been like pleasant memories right but i'm i tend to be that person that wakes up the day after thanksgiving and is like "Ooh, let's go see what they got and like i'm walking through target and like all of the good deals are gone and i just find myself looking at shit that's just the regular price and i'm like this is this is disappointing. You really do have to get there early or you have to go online. And so yeah. given the choice, I like to be uh, in my jams, right? Not all day. Just a nice late morning, coffee in hand, putting stuff in my cart and forgetting about it and not buying it. Because I do that too often. I do that too. Yeah. I don't know. That's just I just, I dig Thanksgiving and I think because it's like the eve of Christmas, right? Mm-hmm. Like for someone like me, because I don't decorate for Christmas before Halloween, Thanksgiving Uh, no judgment to those who who do honestly I don't know it honestly sounds like you're judging somebody of this podcast I judge you harshly because you're basically like family at this point so it's basically my job to basically like family okay you oh yeah Uh, 
you are family at this point. Is that <laughs> Mo Better? Is that what you wanted? Mo Better. Mo Better. Uh, yeah, um, Thanksgiving's the fucking tits. I love it. I love food. I love naps. <laughs> I love family and friends. And I know that we're not supposed to have big Thanksgivings this year. And no, we're not. But it's no. still, like, even if it's just a little Thanksgiving, man... I love me some sweet potato casserole. And turkey, ugh. How do you have your turkey sandwiches, like your leftover turkey sandwiches? What do you put on them? I feel like this is a very intimate question, so please. Don't it feel, is. Yeah, I'm sorry. I uh, went there. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, you did. Um, I don't usually eat, like, turkey sandwiches. If I do, it's going to just be turkey, a little bit of mayo, because I fucking hate mayo. But it's it's a necessary evil in my personal opinion. Turkey needs mayo. I, I respect that. Yep. Yep. And then tomatoes. Huh. Okay. Uh, white bread, mayo, turkey, salt and pepper, really... cranberry sauce. White. See, if I'm gonna put cranberry sauce on it, I'm not going to put um. I'm not going to put mayo on it. I feel like it needs both. Like, the cranberry sauce is, like, this, make your- the tart element, and then the mayo is, like, the creamy element, and then you have do, to put... Do you make your own cranberry sauce? No. I love that canned shit. I love it so much. Zach's step, um, stepmom gave me a recipe, and I will never go back. It's so good. It is delicious, but for sandwiches, like, I like the sliced shit. I love it. I know. Look, I Rachel, know, there have I been know. so many times in recording this <laughs> podcast that we've had to just like acknowledge. Yeah, dude. Acknowledge our differences and move That's on. Fair. I don't put, put up my Christmas tree before Thanksgiving. You do. You're wrong. But I'll respect that. Oh, oh, now I'm getting sass, even though you just uh, told me that I was wrong. It's <laughs> feeling like a very one-sided friendship. My bad. Um, let's talk about the fact that I kind of nerded out a little bit yesterday. So once again, you know, end of semester, um, I got a notification that to True Crime Garage, which I listen, I don't really have a lot of time to listen listen to podcasts, um, anymore, because man, just shit reasons stuff. Uh, but True Crime Garage put out a two-part episode about the Icebox murder, so I started that yesterday, and I love it. Is it wrong to be excited about it? Probably. Mm. Nah. But it's such a fascinating story. Like, I know we've talked about it before, um, because back in, uh, the summertime, um, it was one of my, uh... Like, extra credit projects to listen to a podcast and write, like, a summary about it or whatever. And so I chose this one called Unsolved, I think is what it was called. And it was about the Icebox Murders because the Icebox Murders are are technically unsolved. Although the first episode or the first one that I listened to, um, two forensic accountants went through all the financials of this couple that got murdered and shoved in their retrospective refrigerators. Right. And it sounds like the, the son did it. So right. I just started that yesterday, which made it really difficult to pay attention to do schoolwork because I was like, oh, my God, tell me about what happens next. And so they actually went in and read some of the autopsy stuff. And I'm like, holy fuck, this is way more intense than the first podcast made it sound like they mostly just talked about like the financials and stuff, but they didn't talk about like the gruesome shit that happened. I don't know. Wild. Highly recommend it. 
so that's a thing. According to Wikipedia, which I know is not, you know, the best. Yeah. yeah. Uh, It says that um, according to a book called Man on the Grassy Knoll by John R. Craig and Philip A. Rogers, the son who disappeared after Mm -hmm. the parents were found in the icebox was a CIA agent who likely impersonated Lee Harvey Oswald in Mexico City and, along with Charles Harrelson, was one of the two shooters involved in the assassination of President Kennedy. What? No. What? 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 I, that, that's not... Oh, no. Uh, don't don't worry. Don't worry. It, it specifically says here, the authors do a workmanlike job with their thesis, but the degree of poetic license in terms of reconstructed dialogue and attributed thought seems excessive here, and sourcing is virtually non-existent. Yeah. Um, so basically, what had happened was... Um, <laughs> the son did it. Now, this is the this is the Cliff's Notes version. The son did it. He had a girlfriend that worked at the bank. They lived in Houston, I think, somewhere super close to the border. Um, he the went what? in. She like the Louisiana, like what? Like somewhere close to the border of Mexico. Houston's nowhere near Mexico. Okay, well they were close. No, you know what? He, it was it was written in the Houston Chronicle. Um, he had a plane, and so he. Um, <laughs> what that's that's how he got to mexico so he went okay and he borrowed his girlfriend's car <laughs> um he said he was he said he was going into the bank for a job interview but really she was getting the keys because it was like that was his alibi and she was like yeah i interviewed him or whatever <clears throat> excuse me and then he took the he took the car down to the airfield took the plane down to mexico never to be seen again um there are theories that he may have killed other people while he was in mexico word um yeah, people that owed him money. I don't know. It's it's a very like just fucking listen to the podcasts. <laughs> links to them. It's fascinating. All right, um, because the amount of uh, you know, it 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 was like a crime of passion, if you will. Like, if you're just gonna kill someone that doesn't mean anything to you, you're just gonna be done with it. But this guy obviously had to take his time. Apparently, he gouged out the dad's eyeballs kept the mom's eyeballs intact but they were both just uh everybody was just miserable people so yeah they sound like a fun bunch yeah super fun um yeah let's wait i sent you a picture of the things i wanted to talk about um but now i'm drawing a blank i did want to talk about that i wanted to talk about this whole machine gun kelly thing all right let's go let's go down this 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 tunnel (coughs) excuse me i'm having a lot of those nasal drivers. Sexy. So sexy. You should lead with that when you're trying to seduce your husband. I'm pretty sure I have a time or two or ten. Right, right, right. That's what That's long-term commitment, committed relationships look like, you guys. Yep. All right. And so that's going to go ahead and segue us into our next topic of Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox. Let's go. Um, so I was reading yesterday. I, I normally I just don't really care about celebrities. Like I'm not saying they're not. I don't I just don't care. Like you're so nice. I, you're like, I'm not saying that I that they're horrible people and I don't give a shit about them. It's just that they're horrible people and I don't give a shit about them. Yeah, basically. I feel those feels. Yes. Um, <laughs> not everybody. No, obviously. and if you're a celebrity who happens to find this podcast, you're somehow, probably one of the cool ones. Yeah, you're not a you're but, you're great. I'm Go still, you. Still waiting for Harry Styles. Let me know. He's he might be BFF. Just but keep it's believing. fine. It's fine. 
until that time. So uh, yesterday I was perusing the interwebs, BuzzFeed, which I haven't done in a very long time. And I saw that Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly um, are dating. Uh, whatever. It's cool for them. But I read it because I was like, wasn't she married to Brian Austin Green? She was. They just recently got separated or divorced or whatever. Anyway, she's dating Machine Gun Kelly. And I read this article talking talking about I don't can you even call anything on BuzzFeed an article? No. Okay. It's words. Oh. You read words on BuzzFeed. Jonah Hill is a snack. What? Like now? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna write that okay, down. As, we're gonna go back to that. Don't worry. We'll Sorry. go back to that. Sorry. Um, I've always loved him, by the way. Anyways, so she likened her relationship to uh with Machine Gun Kelly, um, as one is in love with a forest fire or was it a tsunami? Is what she said. Yeah, a tsunami or a forest uh, fire. Yeah. And hold on. Let me see if I can find it. Because I just, reading that, it just, alarm bells went off for me. Like, um, yeah, okay. All right, I'm, I'm pulling it up right now. Okay. Um, Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox are intensely in love since they went public with their relationship. They've shared about how they're two halves of the same soul and talked about how they waited for eternity to find each other. <clears throat> she was married for 10 years. So, of course... When you get out of a, if you're ready to move on, of course, whatever, you know, it's, it's new and it's exciting and it's, it's unlike anything that you've ever experienced before. And I just, help me out here. What am I trying to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about this yesterday. So, okay, we get it, guys. Like you, she was married for 10 years and had some kids mm -hmm. with Brian Austin Green. They'd been together since 2004. Having kids with person, with people, even one that you really like and care about can definitely put strain on a marriage. Uh, she's been dealing with babies and diapers and marriage stress for years. And then, okay, mm -hmm. the, the relationship is ending. Although, from what I understand, she did, he, MGK, as his peoples call him, because acronyms are fun, uh, caught her eye when she was still with Brian Austin Green, but I guess they were on the outs. Whatever. Of course, this guy that you're probably having, like, hot, steamy, passionate sex with because it's brand new. Yeah. You, you so have... You don't have those real-life experiences with him yet. Mm -hmm. Like, you haven't had to deal with, like household finances and like yeah. sick kids and changing diapers and like postpartum body shit like of course it's gonna feel fucking magical you see dumb this is this is what, she, <laughs> this is what <laughs> sorry she to say about that no I and I kind of feel the same way like I and I totally want everybody to be happy and that kind of stuff but also somebody had said that it sounds like a very codependent relationship and um oh for so sure she had to say the intensity of merging with him is just overwhelming, and the threat it poses is so powerful but so beautiful that you have no choice to surrender with reverence and with gratitude. She goes on to say, and this is what, so that automatically kind of like made my ears perk up a little bit. Like, okay, that sounds like a brand new relationship, but this is what got me and like, holy fuck, this isn't healthy. 
Megan also talked about how MGK has changed since I got together, saying there's never an attempt to control him on my end. It's more that he looks to me to avoid his own self-destructive tendencies. And that's where I'm useful because on his own and left to his own devices, I know he I don't know how much interest he has in caring for himself. Like that's a problem. Yeah, it doesn't sound healthy. I mean, I just I guess I just don't like hearing brand new relationships uh, or people in brand new relationships saying things like once in a lifetime or mythic proportions. Like I'm not doubting that you can't feel some intense emotions, especially at the beginning of a relationship, right? Because like your brain is like is going ham, right? Everything's new. They're new. And then like we've both said, like compared to like a 16 year relationship with somebody that you have three kids with, of course, Mm -hmm. it's going to seem whirlwind and like force of nature, however she described it. But like, I don't I don't know why everybody cares so much. Like I of course, two people who just hooked up are going to feel intensely connected. And you're right. Mm -hmm. None of it sounds healthy. Like. I'm not even saying that that's the problem that I have with it, though. Yeah, of course, it's a codependent relationship. It's it's Machine Gun Kelly. Like, it's the same thing with a lot of these guys. And that's fine. Like, go ahead and have your... I think Halsey and G-Eazy had the same thing going on. I don't know if you... Do you know who Halsey and G-Eazy are? I, I wonder now. I wonder because... Yes, because I know this because of you. Okay. So, G-Eazy is another tall, twig-like man creature uh with problems that you are sexually attracted to oh yeah and that's the thing is mgk should be my type because he's like six five but i think he looks like if a cabbage patch doll was six five and that's not my type (laughs) look at his face (laughs) cabbage patch doll okay hold on no it's the same thing i don't even know what he looks like well, it's like G-Eazy and Halsey were dating for a while and they even put out this song about how they're going to love each other till the day they die. And what happened? They broke up. Didn't he cheat on her a bunch of times? Heck yeah, he cheats on everybody. Some people cannot be monogamous at that label, level of fame, which is another interesting podcast discussion. Yeah. Because, like, think about it. Like, if you're that famous that you could literally, like, you probably have thousands of women throwing themselves at you even someone like Halsey who is exceptional like right like super talented Mm -hmm. very very beautiful I mean he's still a human being and I'm not even saying it's just a guy thing I'm sure there's women who gain massive amounts of fame and then are she's dating Evan Peters right now oh good for her yeah I dig it um yeah I don't (coughs) I don't know like I just somebody um, I think my friend Kirsten said that she likened their relationships to a 15 year old new love. And then yes. It up. And uh, after, you know, when it put that way. Yeah, I, I totally see that. And I'm anxious. Not that I'm going to closely monitor the situation, <laughs> but I am anxious to see how this turns out because. Oh, yeah, they're um, going to break up. I mean, everybody breaks up. I, That's true. I, not everybody, but like, like I said, you're right. What, what your friend commented on the podcast discussion page when you posted this question was perfect. It really does make me think of two teenagers who are like mm-hmm. freshly in love. And I'm not saying that that's not intense. Sure. Like it's intense, but I just don't give a shit. 
you don't have any sort of guidance to give the world by telling us about your month-long relationship with this new guy. Like, you have yeah. not learned anything from your relationship with Machine Gun Kelly that's going to be of any use to, like, the cultural, like, accumulation of relationship wisdom that a couple that's been together for decades have been. I would rather hear her and Brian Austin Green talk about their relationship and where maybe things went wrong and what they could have done differently or how they went from being you know in love yeah. to divorce then then what I give a shit about like someone who just started dating I don't know I'm not trying to sound bitter I guess I just don't I just I guess I just I don't get why people are like oh my god their connection their twin flames no they're just two people who just started fucking each other Mm -hmm. that's all that is i should yeah. write a book it'll be like shut up your brain is just really happy right now you know what by the time we actually follow through with all of these ideas that we have we're gonna be fucking millionaires sure moody moody broads for president here's our biographies let's probably. go um let's so speaking of celebrities uh you texted me yesterday and said that this candace owens came from a boy wearing a dress right and what the fuck is that about okay like, why do people yeah go on no no you're fine i was just gonna tell like because you didn't know who candace owens uh was so i was gonna mm -hmm. let anybody else who didn't know she's a young woman who is conservative um she she's kind of like a tommy laren uh, she's black, which definitely she kind of gets, I don't want to say used because I don't doubt that these are her beliefs, right? But like they, the conservative pundits love her to be like, look at this young black woman who agrees with us, right? Mm -hmm. Which that's not that weird. There's plenty of young black people who are conservatives. Uh, just like there's plenty of, uh, old white people who are liberals, old white men. <laughs> My grandfather was one of them. May he rest in peace. Old white you know liberal. What, you know what I really like? I like where we're going as a society. Uh, all of this other nasty parts aside, um, I think that this next generation, we're paving the way for more tolerance and more um, inclusivity. And I fucking dig that. Especially, so, you know, I'm taking a biology class. And I fucking love science. I love it so much. Like, I never thought I'd have a raging lady bone over learning about genetics. But here I am and learning about how how it works. And, and there's so much that goes into it. And I have – I was going somewhere with that. <laughs> but I – um. Fuck, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember what I was gonna say at all. Uh, it has to do with oh, 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 oh. I remember. Okay, so um, as I mentioned, the kids have um been giving my mom uh the the what for this past week. Uh, all of us actually, and um, she had mentioned something about disciplining them, but I was just like, I don't necessarily know how to do that, but I told her and not that this, she was implying this but we were talking about spanking and I was like I'm not in that camp and if you are that's fine 
whatever. It's not for me based on past experiences. I mean, um, my father was too rough with us. Uh, you know what? I think that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, but I don't want my kids to have that fear of me like I had. But it's a generational thing. You know what I mean? Like all these people are like, well, I was spanked and I turned out OK. Just because you turned out OK doesn't mean you don't have serious issues from stemming from that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, And so it just like I, I like where we're going. Like I like looking at children as people because that's what they are. You know what I mean? Like they just don't have the right tools to verbalize or maybe they can't verbalize like my kids can't really I mean they can talk but they don't and they they're starting to know like when they're angry or when they're happy and that kind of stuff but I mean how do you how do you explain to a three-year-old that you understand that they're frustrated when they don't even know what frustration is like they know that they're having a feeling but they don't know the words for it you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and and so I just think of like Harry Styles, where that fucking dress? Oh, that's what that came from. I was honestly, Rach, I was having trouble following. Sorry. I love you so much, but I was like, how did we get here? How did we get here? I'm all over the place today. Well, I'm just saying like generationally, like think of, think of what in the past, think about 20 years ago, if a man wearing a dress was on the cover of whatever it was, like what would that backlash be? Oh yeah, totes my goats. You know what I mean? So we're we're evolving as a society and you know, you and I had talked about you said something about Candace Owens being just really loud and what was it that you said? <laughs> I don't know. Candace Owens uh is kind of like a uh like a Rachel Maddow, like what Rachel Maddow is to the left. I mean, or it's not just Candace Owens. It's a bunch of people. It's it's people yeah. who say things that are kind of like inflammatory on either side of the political spectrum. And so Candace Owens was like, bring back manly men in response to Harry Styles being the first man ever to grace the cover of American Vogue solo. So it was a pretty big deal, right? And he's wearing mm-hmm. a dress. It's not the first time that Harry Styles has worn a dress. Um, yeah. Right. So she basically was like, bring back manly men. And she kind of conflated Harry Styles wearing a dress to this push towards making men less masculine and like tying in Marxism. And it was all, like I said, very conflated, very ridiculous. Um, Ben Shapiro did the same thing where they just they took something as to me, that's like it's like art. Right. Like Harry Styles Mm -hmm. wearing a dress is like who first of all who cares like I don't like who cares also yeah he's an artist right he's making it doesn't even have to be that he's making a political or like a gender issue st- uh, thing he just likes yeah. it just like most people who create the kind of like music and like media content that we love to consume are a little bit eccentric and sometimes mm-hmm. do things that the average person wouldn't do not that wearing a dress is something that the average per- person can't or shouldn't do so in saying that, I just think Candace Owens really, I mean, even bringing her up on our podcast, even though we don't have like a massive listenership, like you're just giving her more fuel. I think the average yeah. person doesn't care that Harry Styles is wearing a dress. And I think that some of these people who say these things about how Harry Styles wearing a dress is an attack on masculinity, like... No, it's not. And and men, I think it's oh, just done. so 
insulting. Show me where this dress hurt you. Where did the dress hurt you? I mean, I don't think that Harry Styles wearing a dress is going to make my husband wear a dress because my husband Mm -hmm. is an individual who likes his own things. And I feel like looking at men as like a monolith, like where it's like if men need to be masculine for society to work. I mean, I think there's some truth in that, right? Some men need to remain masculine, right? Just like not all men need to be masculine. Does that make sense? Like it just. It does. It does. It it makes perfect sense to me. There's enough people. Like there's always going to be bros. Like there's always going to be bros. So why can't the ones that don't want to. You're looking at one. What's up, bro? Sup, bro? Yeah, there's always going to be Rachel (laughs) Riley's and Matt Rangel's. Like, there's always going to be bros, dude. Just like people who get so mad when, like, women aren't particularly feminine. I'm like, there are always going to be really feminine women. Like, they're not going to be convinced to be less feminine because their friend likes to wear men's clothes. Like, I just think it's so stupid. And to, like, conflate it with, like, an attack on masculinity. Like, who – it – Men, like, celebrities have been doing wild shit on the cover of magazines forever. It's just another way for people to complain about something. And I'm like, if you're going to complain, complain about the fact that Thanksgiving gets looked over because Christmas gets all the fucking shine. That's what we should be talking about. But you're not ready to have that conversation. (laughs) You're right. I'm actually ready to talk about the subreddit Abandoned Porn um that i send you stuff from all the time oh i love Uh, it so much i know i saw one yesterday and it said it wasn't safe for work and i was like perfect give me that yeah give me it (laughs) it was a playboy calendar from 1988 oh that's cool yeah well it abandoned porn like i was like i see what you did there but then someone was like someone was like yo she's 67 now that's someone's grandma we're looking at naked pictures of. And I was like, oh, God damn it. Uh, she did have some nice perky boobs. I'll give her that. Perky boobs. Yeah, I don't look that good at 35. It's, I'm not 35 yet, nope. so there's still a chance. Oh, things but, will get better. They tend to get better between 32 and 35. I made that up. I was going to say, you're not even there yet. So Yeah, it's just going to get I, better. I just... <laughs> I just... <laughs> I just realized that I'm going to be turning 33 uh, um, in a half a year, and <laughs> I'm a little shooketh. You're 32 and a half. I'm 32 yeah. and a half. I'm 32 and three quarters. That's how, ro- no, yeah. half a year is definitely <laughs> not a quarter. No, I know, but I just felt like saying that. God damn it. Let me have my fucking moment, asshole. You sound like Rose. She's so funny. She's like, Mom, when am I going to be seven? I'm like, May. She's like, how many days is that? And I'm like, I, what? May. May. Like, you don't need to, we don't need to get into days yet. Let's not do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's crazy. Like, I can't remember who, uh, where I saw it, but like, there's like, pinup pictures like half naked pinup pictures like of people who like they super dead now but their titties live forever wow they don't remove those no they let they leave them alone and they die with you your titties do not actually live forever well no i'm talking about if you got breast implants like would they remove them that's such a good question 
I thought that's where you were going with that. No, I just because most people Google didn't it. have silicone titties back then. Well, eighty three, yes, you're that's, right. That that makes sense. But that's I'm thinking fair. like pinup era. I would think most of them did not have no, fake titties. Uh-uh. But eighties, um, oh for sure, for sure. And they had that those robot old thing is called the Uncanny Valley. By the way, oh, that's when oh, an animated thing starts to look <laughs> uncomfortably real, but your yep. brain knows that it's fake, and it like triggers yep. something in your brain that makes it go. Yeah. Do breast implants decay like humans? No, they wouldn't decay though. It's, I mean, do breast implants get buried? Do breast implants burn during cremation? They are removed prior to cremation. That doesn't say anything about. Oh, what happens to breast implants after you die? I think I'm having an existential crisis. Uh, please tell me more about it. I love a good existential crisis. I don't know. I'm just like kind of obsessed a little bit with the finality of it all. Yeah. Mm. Like, yeah. Because I was reading, I Googled an existential crisis, and, it, and basically it was because I was just like, I know what it is, but I needed like the actual mm. terminology mm-hmm. to process. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with me, but hold on. Uh, <laughs> have you ever wondered what the hell happens to breast implants after you die? I understand it's an exceptionally morbid question. One of the ones that keeps you up at night, but you never want to admit to anyone that it's crossed your mind. Well, fuck a duck. See, you're not alone. Oh, there's the Ask the Mortician YouTube channel. Okay, wait, focus. What happens to breast implants when you die? Okay, hold on, hold on. Oh. Uh, when you're cremated, all that's left are bones and metal. But with breast implants, they can melt down during cremation and leave a gelatinous glue at the bottom. Goo at the bottom of the machine. Oh. Crematorium doesn't handle any implants of any kind as a biological waste because it's not biological. So you could just throw it in the trash. So they just take them out and throw them in the trash? Whoa. Hip and knee implants. We used to throw them out, but now parts of Europe actually recycle them. Breast implants. They would recycle them. I know. Okay, that doesn't tell me what happens when they get get buried, though. Just look up, uh, do, hold on. Do breast implants, I'm going to, hold on. Do breast okay. implants break down when you die? <clears throat> wow, this is. Did you just ask Siri? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, they're removed. Yep, that's what you read. Do they decompose with the body? It has to do uh, with what's in the thing. The plastic will weaken and start to leak. Blah, blah, blah. Wow, I feel the pressure. I hate this dead air, like where we're like just trying to figure out what's going on. No, okay. But, but I feel inert like our devices. Su- there we go. Inert devices such as breast implants and hip- replacement hips tend not to be removed after death. Largely because there's no compelling reason to do so. They pose little threat to the environment, 
so it's likely that the archaeologists of future centuries will uncover peculiar objects in the graves of the millennial dead. Silicone bags, plastic teeth, and sculpted metal bones. And there you have it. Wait, what happens to them? Nothing. They just leave them in. Oh, word. But what happens if you, uh... Like, what if you, like, were, like, digging up a grave and you found, like, some some implants and you were just like, what? What are these? I mean, I'm not saying you should do that. I'm pretty sure that's a crime. But Is it? Yeah, you should definitely not dig up dead people. Like... Yeah, I wouldn't want to do that's that. That's called grave robbing. No, it's only robbing if you take something. I mean, I think... What would you take? No, don't answer the that. Implants. Definitely the implants. Nothing. We would take nothing. The implants. The implants. Hey, if hey. I, I bought these on the black Can market. Can you help me? Can you use these? You take them to a plastic surgeon. <laughs> Can I get a better... Take them to a plastic surgeon. Can I get a surgeon? better price? <laughs> right? Bring your own implants. Oh, God. I think we've... That's it. That's the end of the podcast. I'm just kidding. Yep. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow, we learned what happened to <laughs> Bring your own implants. <laughs> that should be the title of the Is episode. it cheaper if I bring my own implants? <laughs> Don't ask where I got them. Oh, my God. Not, if I believed in hell, I would be going there. Probably. And so Maybe. would your implants. <laughs> Are you still thinking that you're an atheist, Rach? I like how you said naturalist. Uh, yeah, no. So we've been, you and I have been having a lot of like uh, talks. I'm not religious at all. And the, um, I don't know. Like I just, uh, I'm learning about evolution, which I've all like lady boner for evolution. Right. Like you've always known like, about evolution, but you're getting into the nitty gritty now. And it's like, you're, you're getting a, yeah, a nerd boner. And- Ah, so nerdy. Um, Yeah, and I just, um, I can't reconcile religion and evolution. Like, I just can't. Hmm. There's no no reconciliation for me. Mostly because I think that if it works for somebody, then that's fine. Um, I don't feel like I need to be judged by some almighty, omniscient being. Omnipotent. Um, is that, is that the right word? Yeah. That sounds like impotent. It's, it's like that, but probably omnipotent. Mm. Um, yeah, I just, I just can't reconcile the two of them personally. And also a lot of people use their religion and I'm not seeing everybody, um, but I just don't like how people use it as a crutch either to do good things. I do good things because I'm a good Christian person. Or whatever, you know, or um, I don't do these things because I'm a good person or I'm a good, you know, religious person. Mm. Like, I I don't like using religion to justify behaviors. Does that mm-hmm, make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, that really bothers me. You should be a good person because you want to be a good person. You should. But then again, not everybody's born like that. You know, not everybody's born with that kind of moral compass and, and, um, values and and wanting to help people so i don't know i don't know atheist yeah atheist yeah so you so you don't believe in a god nice yeah i i don't know i said nice it's really of no 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 uh no consequence to either of us really not i mean i'm definitely spiritual 
I would say, I don't know if I'd say religious because I'm not practicing really anything anymore, but I do be about, about that life sometimes. And, uh, I don't know, like I was really not looking forward to finishing my degree through Liberty, knowing that I was going to have to implement or not implement, um, Everything that I'm learning about psychology is like secular and that it's it's the facts from the textbooks that everybody learning psychology mm -hmm. in college is learning, right? Yeah. But because Liberty is a Christian school, they definitely ask people to consider the Christian worldview and how it relates to the scientific uh, aspect of psychology. And I have to say... Um, I went into it not expecting to enjoy it as much as I have. It's hard. It's really hard, like you said. But it turns out there's, like, entire, like, theories on how to, uh, what's the word? Like, marry religion and science, right? Because I would be interested in reading I think, those. Not because I think that I want to sway that way, but I'm interested in, in learning how people yeah. Because there's so many scientists who together. are religious um, and they have to kind of like marry the two, right? And uh, yeah, dude, it's been really interesting because um, I don't know. I kind of, I don't know, dude. I'm like over here like believing in ghosts when technically I don't think I'm supposed to even believe in ghosts. But like Matt was like, I just said like 14 times. I'm so sorry, y'all. The vocal fry okay. is bad on this episode. Um He's like, do you want to go on a romantic getaway? And I was like, bet. And he's like, what do you want to do? And I was like, ghost. And he's like, what? I want to go stay somewhere haunted. Mm -hmm. And he's like, why? I too am going through a little bit of an existential crisis where I really want to see a ghost. And I think it's because my dad <clears throat> died. And mm -hmm. I'd like to know what's going on. Right? Like, what? what's going on? Right? Uh, mm -hmm. So... That's where I'm at with it. And I like that we just opened up sense. our existential crises to compare them. Yeah. I also oh, like that. Yes. That's the backbone of any healthy relationship. And I, I like that probably. our podcast can look at that, but also what happens to fake boobs when you die. Absolutely. I mean, all of it's related. It There's all of it. One more thing I wanted to bring up because I started listening to a different, a new podcast called uh, Sex with Dr. Jess. And she is, oh, good God. Now that I want to tell you about it, I don't have the thing pulled up. Sex with Dr. Jess. All right. It's a, it's a pretty good, um, she's a sexologist. Okay. So I don't know. Sexology is a weird thing because I think you can have like an associate in sexology, but then you can also be like a doctor of sexology it's it's interesting um so she posits i think this is something that she actually like gets credit for that everybody has a core erotic feeling and it's the um the emotion that we experience that leads to the best sexual encounters for us personally it's kind of like your like love that. language for <laughs> sex and the way to figure out what yours is, is to think back to a, a sexual encounter that was like particularly like mind blowing, something that you remember clearly because it was so good for you. And what emotion were you feeling in that 
moment. And like for some people, it's relaxed. Some people, it's desired. Some people, it's challenged. Some, it's feeling loved. And some, it's even like subjugation. So if you're into like BDSM and stuff. Um, so I thought that was really interesting and I kind of want to like look into it more and like talk about that on the next episode because I thought that was fascinating because I cannot I've still been trying to think about like what mine is and I'm not sure what it is I don't know either like I don't know what I I got an ad for a rimming chair on there it um, is from Etsy. there it is yep <laughs> and we're I back I didn't I didn't I didn't know what a rimming chair was. I'm assuming it's a and chair was with like, a butthole hole. Well, it was really nice. It was made because, you know, Zach and I are starting this side hustle where we're going to be making wood stuff. And I was like, someone saw this fucking chair for $300. That looks easy enough. So I looked at it and I was like, I don't Wait, I'm going to Google a rimming chair. Go to okay. Etsy. It was $300. And then, like, I looked at it, and I was like, well, that doesn't look very comfortable. <laughs> I was scrolled down. Like, five people had it in their carts, and I'm like, you dirty bastards, after I found out what it was. And then I'm like, wait a second. We could do that. We could Okay, there's so it? many different ones. Like, one looks kind of like a chair that's missing the bottom. Is that the one? It's, like, leather and yeah. wood? <laughs> I think so. Let me. God damn it. This is going to fuck up my algorithms, but I'm going to do don't, it. Um, um, it's going to fuck up your algorithms. You know what's fucked up my algorithm? <laughs> is that we talked about Harry Styles so much that now my Instagram Explore page is like, you want to see some Harry Styles? And I'm like, no, no, it's not me. It's Rachel. Rachel wants to see Harry Styles. And it's like, yeah, but I heard but you talking about it. I really it. don't. I don't. I don't even like. Okay, I found it. The three hundred dollar chair. Okay, so there were a bunch of other ones. Yeah, the primal, the primal woodworks one with the blue alloy finish. I was like, we could totally make that. Um, Where does the butthole go? Oh, uh, that top part's removable. Okay, I see how it works now. I'm surprised. Oh, so you're Wait, telling me there's not an instructional how to on Etsy? <laughs> and then there. Almost gone. There's only two left, and two other people have this in their cart right now. You know what? Good for you. There's a lot of reviews. Good for fucking This person you. sells a lot of BDSM equipment. I have not uh, <laughs> experimented with the BDSM stuff, but uh, I think furniture I is great. And uh, if it's made with wood, that's great because it's, uh, it's a natural substance. It's a renewable resource, and it gives small oh. business owners a chance to flourish like you. Absolutely. Speaking of, I went, we, Zach and I went to a uh, lumber yard and oh my God, I'm in love. With wood? It's this, <laughs> yes, yeah, multiple types of wood. wood. Uh, mostly it's this stuff from Nigeria. Um, it's beautiful. A stick of it costs, I sent um, Jessica a picture. I, I, did I send you guys a picture? No, because I really don't care. Oh, okay. Well, it was like $65 for this small piece of wood. Like, it literally was less than a foot long. Hey, Cass, you want to see probably... this really cool piece of wood? It's really nice. It's imported. <laughs> I fucking hate you. You're the worst. <laughs> you send me pictures of a big... I'm just going to tell everybody you're laying on a pile of laundry it's on your bed for laundry, that. laundry, so what now, bitches? Look, you have laundry, too. Oh, my God. 
no but matter I, how far apart we are, we're still very close. <laughs> <laughs> I have to pack for stuff. Anyways, we should probably sign off on an on the the wood note. It's a really nice imported wood. It comes from Africa. <laughs> okay, but seriously, hold on, hold on, asshole. It really is. It really is beautiful. And it was like they they cover it in wax so it doesn't get injured during transport or ruined, whatever. Uh, Ebony. Yo, think how much you could send a butthole eating chair. Like how much you could sell that thing for if it was made from the fancy wood. You could be like this. This chair was made from very special wood. (laughs) Made a chair for your made of wood. For your wood. Ooh, that's nice. That should be the... Yeah. It's called Black Nigerian Ebony, and it's fucking beautiful. I don't care what you say. I'm going to become a famous woodworker, probably, maybe. (laughs) And then... Are you writing it down? wood. Of course you are. I have to take notes, okay? Because I have to write a description for these episodes. (laughs) And sometimes I can't remember what we talked about. And so I have notes like barbecue rat and wood. Gaboon Ebony. I don't know if that Gabon, Gaboon, Gaboon. Sure. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on that Hold note, on. Uh, <laughs> Hold on. Oh, how to pronounce Gaboon? Oh, Gonbon. That's not right. Hold on. Hold on. This is where we're. This is what we're. Gonna I'm such an asshole. You yeah, like send me pictures of all the weird things I like. You're like, look, Rachel, here's an, an abandoned building, and, and I'm like, hey, I like wood. I'm Rachel Riley. I'm sorry. Wait, I'm a shit friend. No, it's okay. Somebody's got to be a shit friend. Okay. Wow. So I'm the <laughs> shit friend. Kaboon. Kaboon. Can you hear it? Kaboon. Kaboon. Keep playing that. I'm gonna I'm gonna snippet <laughs> that out and put it in before the intro. <laughs> intro. Gaboon. Gaboon. So it's, so I was pronouncing it right. I know things. You do know your wood. Oh, nope. On that note, thanks for listening. We love you guys. Until next time. We do. Bye. Bye. Bye.